Manchester United Wishing Air Pulse goes right about now. Hello and welcome to the match report, hosted, of course, by Free Midfield Cahill Kojo. Of course, Darren will not be joining us today, but it does not matter because we have a special guest here. The only person to collect three points at my team's expense, of course. Yannicka, <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine. How are you guys? Not 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 too great, Yannicka. <laughs> no, not, 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 not too great. Yeah, happy New Year. Exactly, But let's get into the matches. We're going to do something completely different. We're going to go backwards. We're going to start with today's match. Manchester United nil. At home, by the way, at Old Trafford. Wolverhampton Wanderers one Goal from Jao Moutinho. Now, we're going to get your thoughts fresh off this goal, Joe, because you mm. just watched the match. Yeah, you're feeling a bit under the weather. Mm. Manchester United keep you in the blues, even though that is Manchester City's color. Get into it, bro. Get into it. how you're feeling right now after this funny, funny loss to Wolverhampton. One. Listen to the bars you're dropping. 2022, Kale's become Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, that was one of the worst performances you're going to see all year, and it's funny because we just started 2022. Um, <laughs> There was nothing. Man United offered zero, absolutely zero. And then when they had key moments, the decision making was horrifying. You had Sancho who had a breakaway, Greenwood played him through. He had a breakaway through the middle. And he had two options: either um, sort of like take on the play or had a free pass to Ronaldo on the left. Who, for some reason, the Wolves defenders paid no attention to. They just, you know, completely ignored the fact that he was there or weren't aware. One of the two, and. He made the wrong decision. Not only did he try and take on the players, he also shot at the defender. So that's a blocked shot. That's number one. And then Cavani received a pass from Shaw and he's got all the space in the world. And I'm like, okay, again, if you've got two options, either pass to your right to Greenwood, who's free, or you shoot. And if you're going to shoot, with the space you have, you have to get down on target. And he did his best Johnny Wilkinson impression. Um, Wolves were better from start to finish. Wolves, um, their chances in the first half weren't very clear-cut, but they were more dangerous and were trying to create better chances. Judging by the stats at halftime, Mena had four shots, Wolves had 15. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On, on your own turf, that's embarrassing. And, um, you know, I think to sum up, the fact that Phil Jones, who for some weird reason, I was excited to see him play. I don't know yeah. why. I think the stat that he hasn't he hasn't played for 707 days is it, genuinely incredible. So I thought, yeah, you know, I want to see this guy play. And he played well. And he was really good. Obviously, his header wasn't great for the goal for uh, Jamalzinho's goal, but he played well at the end of the day. Um, and it, he wasn't the best of a bad bunch. He was good by himself. The rest of the United players were just poor. And to sum up our performance in a nutshell, the one time we get a clear-cut chance... Bruno Fernandes, whose bag is literally scoring goals, has pretty much a sitter. He's It's a sitter. He's missed a sitter. It's quite simple. He has to score that, get on target. He's skied onto the bar. And after that, we just did nothing. Rashford tried to knock ball everything. Bruno Fernandes' pass was just way more again. Uh, Cavani was pressing grass, not players. Ronaldo was talking when he was getting no service, which is basically Ronaldo. Um, Matt Tomney has been gassed off that Burnley performance. Um, he tried he to do run into the box. Uh, no, he, he did. He did one time. He did one time, and he tried. He tried to volley, and he only kicked oxygen. Um, Matic, Jesus Christ! I, 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 Ragnik talks about control, and you start Matic. No comment there. And finally, on the fullbacks, I think one Bissaka had a good first off. But then Wan Bissaka became Wan Bissaka in the second half, and uh, ha ha. You know I can't even get mad because I'm under the weather. I'm I'm trying to just you know. But it's, it's one of the ones where I'm just like I genuinely wish I was that ill that I couldn't watch the game. It was that bad. Yeah. So full credit to Wolves because they deserved it. They deserved the one no win. There's no one that can argue that. No way. I shout out um, what's his name? Adama Traore for having more baby oil on his arms than Randy Owen. Fam, he came on looking ready for the Royal Rumble than a football match. Right? <laughs> he did his best arms were glistening. It's like, what are you doing, man? Just uh, and, he, and his and his first. Let's not even talk about Dama trying right now because uh, let's keep the conversation on Manchester United now. 
Yannicka. <laughs> if you look at uh, Twitter, if you look at other group chats, yeah. a lot of a uh, lot of fans, especially Manchester United fans, are kind. I'm gonna say, actually, no, I would say turning on uh, on Ralph Ragnick just quite a bit, even though he has only had a, a few games, one um, one most yeah. of them, I might add. But is it a case that uh, Klopp and Tuchel were selling United fans' dreams when they were bigging up the Godfather, uh, Ralph Ragnick? <laughs> It's interesting because when they were linked with him, I wasn't particularly worried, to be honest, um, originally. And then everyone started talking about how he's amazing and he's done this, that and the other. Um, I know in terms of helping clubs to develop, I know he's done that, you know. But I don't think Man United are a club that need developing as such. Um, I think obviously, yeah, they need to fix up as a club. But I don't think they're not some mid-table team that that need to become a good team. That they're, they're a good team that have become mid-table. It's kind of the other way around. So um, I think I don't know. His job will probably be where he does well in his job will probably be when he goes upstairs because I know Man United are run by people that are not footballing people. So at least he is a footballing person. Um, in terms of him as a manager. I don't know. Like a lot of people were saying, oh, he's going to press, press, press. Um, and I think the reason why Man United fans are so annoyed is because the reasons they didn't like Oli haven't really changed. Like people didn't like Oli because they didn't like the football that was being played. They didn't like the fact that smaller teams could come to Old Trafford and play them off the park. They didn't like the fact that um, McTominay and Fred were playing every game. So a lot of the stuff that they didn't like has kind of continued. Like United, even though he's won three games, they weren't the better team against Norwich. They weren't. And they weren't the better team against Newcastle. So there's only, I think, the the game against... I can't even remember the other game. Burnley, but that Burnley. Is, Yeah, Burnley. I think Burnley were the only game that they were actually comfortably the better team. So I think it's not just a case of did we win. It's more than that because United have been winning with Oli. They have. They've been getting last-minute winners. They've been, you know, undeserved results, you could call it. But, yeah, they've been doing that. So, I think they expected a new manager, you know, we're going to play better football. And so far, it's not happened. It's possible that it could. We never know. Um, but right now, it doesn't look like much has changed. So, if I was a United fan, I'd probably be quite annoyed because the reason why Oli left is sort of, if anything, I think Carrick was the best football we've seen when Carrick was in charge because they actually had a good couple of games. They got some good results in that as well. So I think Carrick, out of the two, <laughs> Carrick was the one that showed the most hope going forward. But obviously, we don't know if that would have lasted. Carrick could have had two great games and then three terrible games and, you know, they'd be saying get a new manager. So I don't know in terms of that. In terms of the actual game, I know you've not asked me, but I'm going to. In terms of the actual game, it's not really that surprising. Like, I actually, before the game, I made a few comments that might have been quite controversial, but it kind of came <laughs> true. I actually said that it wouldn't surprise me if Phil Jones is the better defender out of the two, um, just because uh, he's, <laughs> I'm not going to make out like he's a good player or anything, but I just think Varane in the Prem hasn't been what most people expected so uh, and I think even though Phil Jones has been out for a long time he's actually he's actually prem proven if that makes sense like he's been here for a long time so even though he was out a long time he's gonna be a little bit rusty it didn't surprise me that he was the better centre-back out of the two but yeah I, I actually predicted a draw not because I don't rate Wolves I just fought with Wolves um they would be tight back. We played Wolves are a difficult team to play. I think the results that they've got are not it's, it's sort of undeserved a lot of the time. Like they will play really well, they'll be the better team. And you know, I think the return fixture, they were the better team. And Man United just, you know, scored a goal and it was game over. And I think they were a little bit unlucky to lose that game. Um against City, we did dominate them, but they defended really well. Like their goalkeeper has been really, really good this season. Um, yeah, yeah. City out. It wasn't anything to do with City Wolves. He was the one, he was the reason we didn't score five or six. Um, he was really, really good in that game and we had to get a penalty to beat them. Liverpool, 
they went there, you know, last kick of the game and, you know, a mistake from Wolves, basically a defensive mistake and they won the game. So I think Wolves have been a little bit unlucky. Um, I did tweet that, you know, Wolves are better than United because if you watch both teams, they are the better team. Um, and people are saying it's not true because United are ahead of them in the table. But I think results like the one against Liverpool, even the City one to an extent, because our penalty was controversial, even though there was a clear penalty turned down in the first half. They didn't give it. We have to get over it. The second half, um, that penalty was a little bit more questionable. So even then, they could have come away with a draw. So I think they've been a little bit unlucky. They've been a very good team. They're well organised. I thought today they played really, really well. That first half was brilliant from them. Um, I think they need a striker or someone that can just score goals because they've got everything but the goal scorer at the end. Um, Adama Traore, to me, is a fake footballer. I don't like him at all. Can't stand him. He only scores against Man City and it just winds me up. But even he was more like today. He scored something like 70% of his goals against Man City. It's crazy. But um, it's it might not be 70%, but he's definitely over 50. He has some That's ridiculous... Hilarious. Yeah, he, it's ridiculous. But He hasn't scored much, so that doesn't yeah, surprise me. No. That's when he turns up. But even he was okay today. He was getting wide. He was, you know, he's quick. So he was running down the wing and causing United some problems. So, yeah, I think, I think Wolves have been a little bit unlucky at times. And I think today... You know, they were the better team and they got the three points, which they haven't been getting. So, yeah, um, but I, I don't think it's not too embarrassing to lose to Wolves. It's not as bad as it sounds because they are a fantastic team. That's, that's all I like to say. It's, it's, only, it's only embarrassing uh, yeah, yeah. when they come to your turf and absolutely dominate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's the that's embarrassing. It's worse than the, than the team, yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I noted that you mentioned penalties, uh, Yannick, about three times. So oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, Don't worry, we'll get onto that. We'll I'll, 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 keep, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that we'll in mind. But, um, we we'll get onto that in Z. But no, Koja, <laughs> we'll come back to you, man. Um, it's, it, I feel like it's way too early to say where do United go from here, but... We mentioned before that the, uh, the we uh, came uh, went on air that he's playing a system that doesn't suit Manchester United uh, as Manchester United plays. He's playing the two up top like he did at, at uh, Leipzig, but with Leipzig he had a whole bunch of young players willing to just to fight and run and run and run. And at United, especially and lead from the front. At United, he doesn't have that. Ronaldo isn't a spring chicken, nor is Cavani. So I don't know who's playing which role. Because with Timo Werner and Paulson, it was obvious. Werner was the goal scorer, the goal threat. Mm. And uh, Josef Paulson was the guy that was going to do the hard work. Ronaldo, I've never known Ronaldo to do hard hard days work in his life, apart from scoring goals. And um, Cavani, he, well, he's a finisher, but he's not the finisher he was three, four years ago. So yeah. what, what's going on with uh, Ragnik there? I think Ragnik's not giving himself the best possible chance to win. I think when he started with the team that we, his first game... First Premier League game, I believe, it was Palace at Old Trafford. And we won that 1-0. We were still indecisive in the final third, but the pressing was a lot better. The control of the game was there. So he had he had a system that was working. And more importantly, he selected fullbacks that fit his philosophy. His philosophy is, yeah, whether it's 4-2-2 or 2 or, I don't know, 4-2-3-1 or whatever formation it was to play, the, the fullbacks are so key in his, his style of football. And you have to be someone that overlaps. You have to be someone that is also willing to deliver early crosses and do it to a very successful rate. Luke Shaw doesn't do that. Tellers does that more. Defensively, they're both shaky, but I don't think he worries about that when he's playing that formation. He wants two centre-backs that will sit and then one or two central midfielders that will help with that defensive aspect. And then you've got your two inverted wingers, if you must, your two strikers and your full-backs going forward. So saw that six up top, four at the back. It compensates. Wan Bissaka going forward. So Dalo obviously is better than him going forward. And you know, again, when Dalo played, Dalo outperformed him in a more going forward. Uh, yeah, defensively, Wan Bissaka is better. Even though I still think Wan Bissaka is very shaky defensively, but he's better than Dalo defensively. But for your system, for the the sheer fact that Ragnik looks to dominate games, looks to control games. Those two work better for the system that you want to play. He's not doing that. His selection in midfield is very, very questionable. He said he likes, he says he likes Matomini because of his physicality. That's fine. If you want to play him for physical reasons, that's fine. Don't put 
Nemanja Matic next to him because that doesn't make sense. If you're looking to control a game, you don't have those two in the middle of the pitch. They can't control a game. And then play Greenwood and Sancho in front of them. They're not controllers of football matches. They are players that will take you on or try and shoot. So, you know, or try and get to the half space, um, half space, sorry, if you're Sancho. So he's, I don't feel like he's giving himself the best chance of winning these games based off his selection alone. But like I said to you before we started the show, and Yannicka wasn't here, so I'm going to say it to Yannicka as well. Man United, last season, I was asked, how many players do we need before we can challenge for the title? Man, there was a lot of people on the panel were saying nine, three, two. I said nine, and they looked at me. They're like, "Are you? What are you talking about nine? Why do you need nine? I said, "Bro, but gonna lie to you. We need like five proper improvements in the first eleven, and then we need four players on the bench that can we can look at and say, if one goes out, one can come in. There's no problem. Yeah. Like, you need to build a squad. I feel like United fans have forgotten that." What City have done with building squad is what May Knight used to do. May Knight, see, you talk about their wingers, um, Sterling, Bernardo, Foda can play on the wing, um, Mares. That's really four players. So that's first, used to have Cole, York, um, what's it, Sheringham, and Solskjaer. When he won the Champions League and the Premier League with Temes, Ronaldo, and Rooney, May Knight fans were like, ah, we don't need anyone else. He added Berbatov. Why? Because more quality. You have to, you yeah. have to keep going. So I don't understand why United fans are so afraid to make such big changes. They're necessary. May United are very, very far away from challenging for a title. And signing Varane, um, Ronaldo and Sancho, but then keeping them with Wan-Bissaka, McTominay and, and Shaw is not going to improve the situation. So and as far as I'm concerned, it's another top four race and we still need big changes in the squad. And boy, the sooner that comes, the better. Top four race, Yannicka, just to uh, rub a bit rub of salt in the middle. You know, I get a I hope not. Is my thing echoing? No. Oh, I, I can hear echo in the mind. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it's 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 hard to kind of call at the moment because I actually predicted Arsenal to get top four at the start of the season. And people were saying I was crazy and it wasn't going to happen. And I was saying that actually because they have no Europe. Uh -huh. That might benefit them in sort of February. It's not really the group stage. It doesn't really matter in the group stage. You lose a game. It's not the end of the world. Whereas when it comes to knockouts, you have to put out your strongest team against the best teams in the world. You have to. So it's one of them things where February comes round. Arsenal's got one game a week. Everyone else has got two. And the thing is, even if, say, for example, um, United have, you know, a easier fixture you know not the hardest knockout whatever then players can still get injured you can still play your players and they get injured and then arsenal's are all fit they're all fresh and then they go to that game at the weekend and i think that could benefit them in a top four race um so that's what i said at the start of the season we saw it with like teams like west ham west ham are doing really well in europa league they've got a chance of winning it to be honest and you know their squad might not be big enough to focus on both so they might go more towards the Europa, which I would if I was them, because it gets straight Champions League football. They don't need to finish top four. So if I was them, I would push for the Europa League. Top four race, try and get there if you can. But if I was them as West Ham, they're better off going to Europa League final and losing than just finishing top four and then going out maybe in the group stage next year or whatever. So I think for them, their focus might shift, which gives an opening um you know less less teams to kind of challenge for the top four so we'll have to see i think obviously united everyone was saying had a bigger squad um than arsenal and stuff like that um which is true but i think if you're not playing well it doesn't really matter like it's interesting because at the start of the season um i said that man city had the best squad because i believe we've got the best squad mm, yeah. and i was having Chelsea fans telling me um, no, that's not the case. We've got two starting 11s. Our players are better than yours, blah, 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 blah. Liverpool was saying we have the best starting 11 in the league. Um, and then we've got such and such on the bench, whatever. And actually, it's interesting because if you look at the squads, we've actually got a smaller squad than Liverpool and a smaller squad than Chelsea. We've actually only got 19 registered players. One of them is Cole Palmer, who is a child who's played very little. So it's interesting. Yeah, when you check it out, I can show you. Um, it's it's and when you actually compare the 
the so, sort of starting 11s and then the second teams, Liverpool's is not as bad as you're led to believe. That's all I'm saying. It's City, I would say our midfield is, is, is clear. But in the other areas of the pitch, it's not as clear as it might appear. That's all I would say. Um, so it's interesting. I'm not saying that our squad is not better. I think our squad is better. But it's not as clear as people make out. So, you know, it's, it's. I think there's been a few games this season where we've had five youth players on the bench, like five kids on the bench. But no one mentions it because it doesn't really matter. Pep doesn't make any subs anyway. And we end up just winning with the team that we put out. So it doesn't really matter. But it's just interesting how the sort of excuses are coming now. Um, but I, I do think we have the best squad. But it's it's just one of them. It's also about managing them players and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot that goes into it. The top four race is going to be interesting. It could, Chelsea and Liverpool could either or, or both could get dragged into that. So it should be interesting. I keep reminding people, um, you know, like people will say, oh, um, you know, Liverpool's still in the title race. But then it's like, well, Arsenal are closer to them than they are to City. So if they're still in the title race, then they could finish below Arsenal at the same time. So I think it's just, it's going to be a, a good a good season, I think. Obviously, title race people are complaining because they're saying it's done. It's not done. It's not done yet. Yannicka, Yannicka, Yannicka. But, no, I'm not saying like anyone else is going to win it. I do think with City, one thing that we have done so far is we have, once we have had a lead like this, we have gone on to win the league. Pep Guardiola doesn't normally bottle it. So it would be a shock. Um, if we did, but I'm just saying in terms of mathematics and how much of the season is left, technically it isn't over. All it would take, I know for a fact, if City lose their next game, you're going to get everyone saying, oh, we're back in it. So it, even though it sounds crazy, we play Chelsea next. If we lose that Chelsea game, Chelsea fans will be saying we're challenging. So we'll see what happens, but I think I would expect City to win it. I'll, I will not be happy at all if City do not win this league. Even if we go and win the Champions League, don't care. We should be winning this league. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but this top four race is going to be good, I think. I think it's going to be exciting. Can I, can I just answer the question quickly and just say, um, <laughs> Cahill, remember on Usman's rival show um, when Hussam, the Liverpool fan, said that Arsenal going to finish above Man United and me and Usman Lam blasted him and cussed him out. Mm. Yeah, my cupboard's embarrassed me once again. What was I thinking? I have been embarrassed once again already. It's now right, December. Oh, I said December. It's, it's January. January, bro. It's January. 2022. And I'm yeah. genuinely sweating. And dare I say, Tottenham are doing their job very, very quietly. They're even keeping clean sheets. It's very annoying, bro. It's very annoying. But anyway, before we get to Spurs, you did mention Chelsea and you did mention Liverpool. They finished, that game finished two goals mm -hmm. to two goals from Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah, Matteo Kovacic and Christian Pulisic. Kojo, oh, mm. what a bloody game that was, eh, bro? Listen, <laughs> uh, you you saw in the group chat, Yannicka. I, I was in the free midfield group chat and I was yeah. speaking in capital letters only. I I, I had <laughs> had so much energy. I was sick, but my energy was coming from my phone. Um, that is the kind of game that I live for. When it's two big teams, because mm. in, in recent time in the Premier League, apart from that game, and I wouldn't call Spurs a big team, but North London derby is a huge game. Those games are the most exciting. But other than that, you don't really get one. But Chelsea versus Liverpool always bring something. And this was another one. Um, we had goals of quality. We had also had catastrophic mistakes. Quality. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, obviously, um, Trent got lucky first um, when uh, Pulisic messed up the chance that Trent essentially set up for himself. Um, this, this, this and brother, then... I'm let you finish, but this, this brother Trent... Trust me, trust me. They, they, get, they get very, very hot when we, we mention the name Jao Cancelo, but they don't want to hear it, but it's okay. Um, and then um, Trevor, Trevor Shalabar had his own sort of mess up as well. Yeah, that was so bad. Um, he was so indecisive once he approached the ball, so you just knew it was going to be a mistake. And Sadio Mane, who a lot of people thought should not have been on the pitch after 14 seconds, mm. um, he tucked it away. And then you see, you see Mo Salah, yeah? So if you look at the um, the thumbnail for this show, 
I've chosen not to put him on because he'll be on too many because he keeps producing moments of, of magic and it's, it's genuinely ridiculous at this point. Trent's pass was brilliant, don't get me wrong, but the touch and the dummy he sold to Alonso before the finish, oh man, quality, absolute quality. And then Kovacic said, yeah, by the way, that goal of the season, I'm about. The strike, oh, oh man, um, Gary Neville, oh. It made me feel really uncomfortable listening to Yeah, he was making yeah. noises throughout the whole game. Like, right, brother, was. Just, just, just talk, man. Just talk. I miss Andy Gray. Um, so... <laughs> the women at Sky don't. No, that's true. That's also very true, yes. Um, but, yeah, no, look, that, the game is obviously pretty to go as well. Kante, shout out Kante. Kante. Beautiful pass. Yeah. Oh, honestly, what a footballer. Honestly, what a footballer. Um, the game was so good, man. It was so good to watch. And that's... That's what you crave in the Premier League. You want to see the best teams literally giving you the best games. And that's what we got a taste of. So Chelsea and Liverpool draw another uh, Premier League classic between the two of them. And uh, well, I'm looking for more of them. It was a great game to watch. It was a very good game to watch. Let's talk about the goals, though. I'm going to talk about Kovacic, of course, Janneke, because that completely out of the blue. It looked like Chelsea were yeah. done, done, in the, uh, done in the dumps. Finished, yeah. the match was over. And then out of the blue, no pun intended. Kovacic produces one of the best <laughs> this season. Yeah, no, that was a beautiful goal. That um, obviously, when I did predict the two-two draw, actually, um, I thought it would be one of them games where both teams don't want to lose. They can't afford to lose, so it yeah. would be a little bit scrappy. That's what I thought, and I thought, you know, it goes sort of one-nil, then one-one, then two-nil, then two-one, then two-two. But it didn't go like that. Um, I actually thought when Liverpool went two-nil up. You know, game over. Yeah. You know, Chelsea. You can get back into it, but I thought Liverpool would probably get a third if even if they got one. Um, but yeah, it didn't quite go like that. I think that Kovacic goal was so key. Um at the perfect time as well. You always want a goal back before half time. Obviously they got two, but you know, that first goal is the key that you <laughs> want to win in. Because if they'd gone in two one down at half time, would have been the same thing. They would have come out feeling confident. For the second half, so yeah, it was it was a brilliant goal. That I loved it. I like goals like that, even though like obviously I wanted to draw, <laughs> but you know, I can appreciate a really good goal. Salah's goal was good too, um, but yeah, I think that goal was brilliant. Pulisic was was good as there was good goals in the game. To be fair, oh, every, apart, apart from the money goal, which was, which was a mistake from a Chalaba, but apart from that, yeah. every other goal, yeah, yeah, the Kante, others. I'm gonna talk about Kenty, man, because he was. Talk about him. He's gone under the radar in recent years, man. Um, obviously, we know him for his defensive prowess. Uh, in the midfield, especially in the midfield, he, he's very hard to get past. Once, he, once you, once you're near him on the dribble, he, he's he's so quick and he's so nimble that he's just going to get around and get the ball. He's, he's such a quality yeah. tackler of the ball. But recent years, especially last season, his offensive game has improved massive, and that, yeah. and that pass completely <laughs> topped it off. Because that, I have no idea how flexible. He <laughs> he did like a, he did a roundhouse kick and the pass was on a plate to to to, to Pulisic and he, and that finish was tied as well. So, but um, it's a shame that what France did in that in that Euros tournament uh, that they didn't exactly qual they didn't do well that, that tournament because I think if it was going to go down to it, Kante stood much a much a bigger chance of winning the Ballon d'Or than uh than, oh, yeah. than, than Giorgino ever did. Because Kante was wise to win that Champions League final. He just, once again, he's he, showing Yeah, how, he's the reason they won it, yeah, for sure. And, he, and, he's, and he's showing how vital he is to this Chelsea team. Because they were, recent weeks, they haven't, they've been a bit shaky. They haven't exactly been winning uh, um, effectively and efficiently. He's come back in the team. It completely changed changed that midfield. And it changed for the better. You, you have to praise him. There was a play that we have to talk about as well. That Rommel, because it came kind of <clears> came... Uh, inopportune time for Thomas Tuchel and, and, and his uh, Chelsea side. Romelu Lukaku. I know your feet, your thoughts on the whole situation, coach. But I'm going to go to Yannicka on this one. <laughs> what the hell was Lukaku thinking with that interview? <laughs> I've been discussing this for like the past couple of days with everyone else, uh, mainly on spaces. But yeah, it's just um, the timing of it is horrendous. I know he filmed it a few weeks ago. They might have been winning at that time. But even still, it's horrendous. You know with the media, they're always going to push stories out at certain times. 
If yeah. you ever watch the Manchester derby, the week leading up to it, half of City are unhappy, half of them want to leave. It's always the case, you know, they're going to push these stories. You know, it could be that Phil Foden said, oh, quite like Arsenal. Next minute, it's he, he said he wants to play for Arsenal, you know, in the week coming up to it. So it's just one of them things. I think the timing is terrible, whether he knew it was coming out of that time or not. You know, it, it's his fault. Um, a lot of people were saying when it first came out, oh, Thomas Tuchel, he knew about it. He would have known. Of course, he would have known. Um, the the interview that he did tells us that he didn't know and the actions that he's taken, which I'm fully behind him. I think he made the right decision to yeah. drop him. Um, you know, it, it shows that he didn't know. And I think he's a little bit hurt by it, as he should be, and stuff like that. I think the worst thing for me is if Havertz came out and said that, I'd be like, okay, fair enough. You know, he, he wants to go back to where he came from. Not really done too much, too well in the prep in terms of what was expected. I would get it. But Lukaku, who is supposed to be Chelsea through and through, one of Cobham, you know, he's been there a long time. You know, I know he was from Anderlecht originally, but, you know, he's been at Cobham a long time and Chelsea a long time. So it's kind of like... For him to be making these comments, that's surprising for me. Like, even if the whole thing that he said about the system and how he's used and stuff like that, that's fair enough. I think if he said that on its own, it wouldn't have been that deep. The main part of that interview, which is where people are feeling disrespected, is the whole inter side of it. Because one, he's saying inter fans are better. When you're at a club, it doesn't matter if your previous club has the best fans in the world. You don't say that stuff. I'm sure we've had players. Yaya Torre came from Barcelona. I'm sure at that time, Barcelona, you know, had a lot more fans. Well, they do have a lot more fans than us. He's not going to come and say to City fans, oh, well, the atmosphere at the new Camp was better. He's not going to do that because as a professional, you don't do that. And you, it's just an unwritten rule. You don't do it. Um, it's a little bit different if you're at a club that's like maybe like you go to uh, Stoke and you've been at Arsenal. That's a little bit different, but yeah, for him to come to the club that he claims to love, yeah, and put comments out like that. Also, the bit about um, Lautaro Martinez, um, like he's saying, "Wait for me, I'm coming back," and it's kind of like we know with football, like it's not, um, it's not like one of these players like a Ryan Giggs at Man United, where you knew he was going to stay at Man United till he retired. We don't know whether Lotaro <laughs> is going to leave next year. So that sounds to me like he wants to go back now. It's not a case yeah. of coming back yeah. at the end of my career. If he said like, because Aguero always said, I want to go back to Independiente. At the end of my career, I want to retire there. That's why I'm so good for him, what's happened. Because he always said that. He said, I might go back to Spain. So he basically said he'd reverse his career. He said, I might go back to Spain and then go back to Independiente and retire. That's what he always said. But it was always at the end of his career. And the only reason why he left City was because City didn't offer him a new contract. So it's just one of them things. It doesn't sound, the comments that he's made, it doesn't sound like he wants to go back to Inter at the end of his career. It sounds like he wants to go back even now at the end of the season or next year, which yeah. when you've just spent that much on a striker, yeah. that's the last thing you want to be hearing. So it's disrespectful to the fans. It's disrespectful to the club. I can't even banter Chelsea fans on it because it's just one of them things. It's just, it's actually really disrespectful. And yeah. no one wants to, we all, everyone that's saying, oh, it could never happen to my club. You don't know. It could. All it takes <laughs> is one player to, you know, speak his mind <laughs> and yeah. you could be in the same situation. But I think some of the stuff that he said, like, I'd be so pissed if I was a Chelsea fan. I think okay. I think what will happen is I think they'll speak to him. He'll apologise to the fans. He'll yeah. apologise to the club. And I think they'll put him back in. They might give him a little bit of drop him for a little bit, like they did with Christensen when he refused to sign a new contract. Drop him for a little bit. And then I think they'll bring him back gradually at an away game where the fans can't really get onto him. And he'll probably score. And then I think people will start saying it's OK. But it's, it's a bit sticky. It's a bit sticky. I mean, there's a whole bunch of noise coming out of both camps. Um, so with Chelsea and Tuchel, it seems like 
what I'm hearing uh, is that obviously they're unhappy with the way he conducted the interview, but they're also yeah. saying that a lot of the context was missing from what he was actually saying because he, I think, because well, Lukaku knows five, uh, speaks five languages, so I think he'd done the, the interview yeah. in Italian. So I think I think it comes out today on Sky Italia or something like that. So once we see that interview, we'll see what he actually Sorry, bro. Made. No, 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 bro. Let me let me let me let me let so maybe there on that on that uh, regard, um, they might it might come out not favorably, but a, a bit less uh, sticky. But on the other hand, some of the quotes I'm hearing from Inter, not just fans, but Inter legends as well. Like I, I think, I think it was Barzagli that said, was it Barzagli? One one of them said, um, I mean, we got Jacko uh, from uh, from Roma on a free, and it's yeah. not much difference. And once you hear that. From a from a legend, it's a rap, and the fans yeah. are saying. I think the fans had a banner saying like, um, "Yeah, you don't uh, leave. You don't leave during the hard time." So he's not welcomed back by the fans. He's not nah. welcomed back by by the former players. I imagine he's not welcomed back because I think he his affinity with is with Conte, yeah, Inter, and, and not not into Milan itself because I don't think they yeah. like him that much. So he's caught himself in a between between a rock and a hard place. I don't see where it goes from here. No. If I'm a Chelsea fan and he doesn't perform, and he's not been performing. If he was performing well, fair, they're not fair play, but there's a bit of leeway. He's yeah. been shocking, yeah. especially for the price that he has. So he has he's 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 completely messed up here, and shame on him to be honest with you, because he's, he's done it to himself. He didn't yeah. need to do that interview, and well, he's he's fucked up. And That's the sort of interview you do. When you join, like when you're about to leave, yeah. so you might say, like, Inter, you're the best fans in the world, blah 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 blah. Once you join your new club, it's a new slate. This is my team, Chelsea have the best fans in the world. Like, we hear footballers lie all the time, you know. So oh, it's, it's so my much. dream to play for Man United. You're like 20 years old. How is your dream to play for Man United? Like, They've been shit most of your your football watching life. Yikes. So it's very she true said, she said, she said it for you, bro. That was unprovoked. Wait, hold on. My United fans. Wait, wait, what? It's been bad. I want to play for my United store. I like that, man. Well, no, it's, 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 it's true that people say it. People used to say it all the time with City and everyone used to say they're lying. But when it's United, it's like, oh, they must. Yeah, because we had yeah. heritage. You were just. Oh, whatever. Don't do that. Wait, no, don't do that. <laughs> Do that. You know what though? It's funny because you know Rayner, Gio Rayner from um Dortmund. From Dortmund, yeah. He like grew up a Man City fan, but it's interesting because you know you see these sort of young players and you don't when you think about like how long Aguero was, like they were probably 10 watching that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's not like these players that are young, like Phil Foden, City, right? Phil Foden was a ball boy. And he was sat in behind the goal when Aguero scored that goal. He was a child. Oh wow, really? So he, he is a City fan, but he was yeah. literally in the crowd as a fan. Yeah. You know, so it's crazy. Like when I think, like when I was a kid, it was United, 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 Arsenal a little bit, but United, United. Tell me a little bit. <laughs> what you doing? What you doing? You got, you got a little bit. I mean, in terms of like titles and stuff, it was kind of like. Arsenal, United, yeah. United, United, Arsenal, United, United. Like, it was just like that the whole time. But these... Hey, you you, you ain't got that many players, more titles in us, thank you very much. <laughs> but a lot of these players, though, they've grown up watching different yeah, stuff than what we did. So a lot of people are saying, that they, how are they a City fan? How is Haaland a City fan? Well, mainly because his dad played there. Played and secondly, him, yeah. because we've been decent most of his life. So it's just one of them things. It's, it's interesting when you think about it like that. Yeah. Or half of his life, I should say. Like, I mean, apart, apart from Yannick Asenin for both of our teams, what is he going to say, what is he going to say about Lukaku Kojo? Yes, so the, uh, <laughs> the statements is what I was going to laugh about because Chelsea fans, some a group of Chelsea fans started to run to his defence and say these are the real quotes. And then I put those quotes up and I put up what Fabrizio Romano said because that's where the anger was getting directed at. I was like, yeah. you're, you're changing it to nicer words. It's still the same message. He wants to go back to Inter Milan. There's nothing different here. It's just kind of words that you're putting into there. But the message is... I came here. Essentially, I thought I was going to be the main man. Mm-hmm. I got injured. I wasn't thrusted straight back into the team as the main man because they found a way to score more goals <laughs> when you weren't there. They were pressing better when you weren't there. And in the big games, when you've played, you have not performed. A lot of Chelsea fans get onto Kai Havertz 
Last time when they went to Anfield, it was 1-1. Who scored the goal there? Kai Havertz. Who did nothing? Lukaku, again, a big game, nothing. You've come, and quite frankly, you've now come and said, look, one day I will return to Inter Milan. Lautaro Martinez should wait for me because I will be back. You're 28 years old. Yeah. And you're in that statement, you also said, when I am still good enough to help the team win things. So you're in your prime right now, and prime years are spoken about being 27 to 32. You're 28 now. So how long are you willing to stay at Chelsea before you try and run back into Milan? That's the first question. You're supposed to be a your hundred pound, hundred million pound striker. You're supposed to be the main man. You have not performed like the main man. You have not shown yourself to be the main man. You have not scored goals like a main man. So you don't have the leverage of a main man to come and talk this crowd on TV. Whether it's nice words or bad words, at the end of the day, the message is you want to run back to Inter Milan when you got powers. Essentially, next year or in two years' time, that's what you're telling the fans, and they're not going to have that. No one's going to have that. So for Tuchel to drop him, and bear in mind, may I, may I say, against Liverpool, see how much better the press was against Liverpool also. He wasn't missed. He was not missed. So the shame for Chelsea is if you spend £100 million on a player and you lose him immediately for what will definitely be a loss, it looks embarrassing on the club. Yeah. But what they're going to probably do is make him grovel, make him apologise, come back, and then maybe try to sell him off in two years, but I don't think he'll beat it into Milan. I think they'll want to do him dirty enough that he goes somewhere else. No, but, you know, you know what how I would do if I was Abramovich? I would sell him back to Inter, but then I'd buy Lataro Martinez. Just to ooh, spite him. Just ooh. to spite him. Just to spite mm. him. That's oh, yeah, because he, that, he, they're not winning that league title without the both of them. It wasn't just a Lukaku job, it was the both of them yeah, up yeah, top. Yeah. And you know, he, he misses that part now. But look, I don't think. I think Chelsea and Tuchel have done the right thing. I think if Tuchel continues to play without him starting games, Lukaku won't be decisively missed. And um, honestly, I've said it before, I've said it again, he's not a big game player. He's not cut for the Premier League as a um, as a big game winning player. So if he's not the man, as far as I'm concerned, let him go. He won't be missed. In other games, West Ham got a 3-2 victory against Crystal Palace. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I mentioned it. Just, just, just yeah. thank you. <laughs> and Tottenham got a last-minute winner okay. from a header from Darwin Sanchez. Broke my heart that one. Shocking well, defending. Then, then again, it couldn't have happened to a nicer club, F Watford. I hope they go down. <laughs> I hope they go down. I hope they go. Honestly, where's this come from? The, f- the fact that they refuse to send it, allow their place to go. Oh, to yeah. Manuel Dennis. Of course. Yes. 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 Of course. I hope they get rid of it. Oh, he's bad, injured. That's no, why. He's not injured. Bullshit. He's, he's not, not injured. He's, he's not. not. <laughs> he's not. They said he's not going. It's, it's, uh, it's okay. bullshit, man. It is bullshit, man. Utter nonsense. I honestly hope they go down. That's that's three teams I want to go down. I want Burnley to go down. I want Newcastle to go down. And now I want Watford to go down. Well done, guys. Well done. Do you know Thank what? Some anyway. like African combinations, like, because I was having a debate about this and a lot of people are saying, yeah, but it's dangerous. Yeah, but it's this. It's like, at the end of the day, you bought an African player. So right. they go to the African combination. Mares is our top scorer. I know we've got a bigger squad. Well, not even a bigger squad because everyone has a 25-man team or whatever, right? But we have a better quality squad than mm-hmm. other people. However, Mares is still our top scorer. He's still our top contributor in terms of goals and assists and it's like he's going to African combinations because he's African and to be honest his loyalty people are talking about who pays their wages his loyalty should lie with his home country and the reason why it should lie with them is because if City decide he's not good enough he's gone whereas Algeria are never going to decide he's not good enough and just say oh you're not playing for us anymore even if he was poor so his loyalty should lie with his national team. Absolutely. You know, if it's friendlies, I get that. I don't see yeah, the yeah. friendly personally. I don't think if you're paying a wage and they're gonna they're going injured or slightly injured, they got a knock and they're playing in a friendly. I don't agree with that because I think it's not necessary. You know, if they're not quite fit, like we've seen it with De Bruyne getting overplayed for Belgium in games and unnecessary. But in general. Like, if you've got an African player, this is an African Cup of Nations. Most of these African teams are not going to win the World Cup. The World Cup is won by the same four or five teams. So they're not going to win the World Cup. So this is their only opportunity for a trophy. 
it, a, a lot of the time. So why would they not go that? It just, to me, it, you know, people talk about it being mid-season. It's always been that way. You knew that when you went for an African player. If it's a player who's young and then he decides to join an African team, that's a little bit different. Maybe you didn't know. But if they're Nigerian and they're not good enough for England, they're obviously going to pick Nigeria. So you know this when you sign them. And to me, I have no sympathy. Like, at the end of the day, we're losing our top goal scorer. But I want him to go on and win the African Cup of Nations. Because if anything, if he wins that and he comes back, he's going to be in the form of his life, just in time for the Champions League. So I'm all happy with that. But, you know, it's just one of them things. I don't agree with it. If you buy an African player, deal with what African players have to do, which is African Cup of Nations. So, is what it is. Simple as that. Speaking of Mahrez, let's go... (laughs) To Manchester City, to Arsenal, one. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to start this one off by saying it's a weird feeling. A feeling that I haven't felt in at least five, maybe six, seven years. Pleased with the performance. Disappointed with the result. Yeah. Not felt that in a while. And it's quite nice to be honest with you. But the thing about the result was I'm not disappointed that we lost because I honestly thought that Manchester City yeah. going into this, they were obviously the, the informed team. They were they were they're clear they're going to win the league title. Even if you want to you want to sell the fence there, Yannicka, you're going to win the league title. <laughs> it's it's end end of it, end of discussion. Um yeah, and I thought we were gonna I thought we were gonna lose, but I thought we were gonna play well. And we yeah. did play well. Mm-hmm. But it's not the fact that we didn't play that we played well and uh, you won because you played better. It's the fact that we gave you that yeah. victory. That's the thing that that hurts me the most about this is that you were completely out of it for sixty minutes of this game. And that, uh, for me, as an Arsenal fan, especially the recent years under Emery, under last Arsene Wenger, to go up against one of the best teams in the world, it's and one the best team in England. It's not. It's not. Let's not find about it. And to play them off the park yeah. up into a moment of pure fucking idiocy <laughs> from, a, from, a, from, a, from a certain Swiss yeah, man. That's <laughs> what it is, man. But here, let's let's get into let's get into it. So the goals obviously were from Saka and uh Riyad Mahrez got the penalty and last minute winner from Rodri, who some might say over celebrated, but then again, I think he was getting a lot of stick from from the Arsenal fans. And when he yeah. decided to take, if you if you if you're not gonna if you're gonna give it out, be prepared to take it, bro. Don't don't throw bottles at people. Don't throw anything at people. And it's, when they're celebrating a goal, they, it's a ninety. What what minute did that come in? Ninety. Ninety three. Ninety third minute winner. You think a man isn't gonna go nuts? Come on now, it's ridiculous. But anyway, Arsenal take the lead. Um. We absolutely battered you, Yannicka. I can't. I can't believe I'm saying. That. I think we absolutely handled you. There, <laughs> there was. There was. There was times when I was thinking this can't be the same Arsenal team that lost the, the match. <laughs> and it is. It's the same team, but it, just weeks on, weeks past, and we absolutely we, we outran you, outpressed you. Um, the fact that you, I think you had two only two shots on target, and that they were the obviously the penalty and the last minute goal, um, shows how structured that this uh this this team was defensively i mean i think ben white had a fantastic game ben white had a fantastic game against manchester city the man that was struggling <laughs> against brentford had a game had, had, had an amazing game against the best attack in the league um and Partey, where the fuck was that for the past hey. two years brother hey listen that's my guardian weeks. brother bro. when you eat, hey. when you eat the right type of yam yeah it, it comes through Tell you, yam, shit, chicken stew. He was there. He was there. He was there, bro. Because that was that was an amazing performance from Thomas Partey. And it's a shame now that he's going off to the African Cup bloody nations. Hello. After that performance. <laughs> <laughs> he's bloody he's hell. Form for the African Cup yeah, Nations. Exactly. Yeah. He's, 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 <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I w- I want to see. Uh, there was obviously moments that on in that game where we should have um taken a lead. I think Gabriel had three good opportunities. I think the first two were uh created from himself. I think he absolutely. He, Cancelo might have nightmares uh, for what Martinelli did to him because he was absolutely fantastic. And then obviously he gets to that 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 chance where it's, it's an open goal, and he should be putting in the way. If I'm going to be shameless, referee ran in his way, but I'm not going to be shameless. <laughs> I, I think he should be putting that away regardless. But it is what it is. And then the referee, man, I don't know what to say about the referee. 
I think the referee had, had a Jekyll and Hyde. Well, no, it was a Jekyll and Hyde. He was just he was horrible. He was awful that entire match. I mean, Manchester City, you guys got away with murder. You 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 with your with your professional or tactical fouls. Uh, I think it was that you're good at that shit, you know. Yeah, you're very good at that shit. Yeah. You need to teach your players how to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's, get our, let's get on our level. Is all right? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think he 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 was overzealous with the with the cards to Arsenal, um, especially with the penalty. Not with a penalty, sorry. Um, the Gabriel the first yellow because I thought he was given the, the yellow card for Which scuffing the, uh, the penalty yeah. spot, but he wasn't. He was given the card for apparently Gabriel ran into him. But if you look at the video, like six or seven Manchester City man just all run up on him and push him into the into the into that one, <laughs> and then he books him for it. It, <laughs> make, it. it makes no sense, but it is what it is. Yeah. And then obviously the uh, I think I think the, once you're booked and you. And you, uh, even if it is a few minutes after, once you make that tackle, which he did on, I think it was Bernardo Silva, it's a double yellow, it's a red card. So yeah, yeah, that is what it is. But then he booked Saka for asking why he for, for, for asking so, why he gave his friend the yellow card. What baffled me about that is when Saka scored, he went into the fans. That's a yellow card. Yeah, where were you? Card. Where was his decision making throughout this whole process? It's, it's crazy because because um, Gabriel scuffed the, the penalty spot. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get a yellow card for that. He got a yellow card for getting pushed into him. And Ramsdale scuffed the penalty spot, and he didn't get a yellow card for that. So I don't know where these yellow cards were coming from. He had a, he had an atrocious game. I'm not going to go as far as to say that uh, the referee gave Manchester City the, the, the win. They didn't. I think we 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 gave Manchester City the win with uh, the foolish decisions from a certain Swiss man and uh, Gabriel getting sent off. Well, after that 60th minute, that's when that's when you take over. And Yannick, I'm gonna let you take over from here because I've been speaking a bit too much. <laughs> oh, I, I, to, to round it up, proud, very disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I didn't see the first half. I still not seen the first half to be honest. Say watching it. You absolutely battered you, Yannicka. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I know. I hear. I hear. Um, I believe it. Don't worry. I do believe you. Um, <laughs> do you know what City like? From what I saw, we didn't look great. I woke up when it was 1-1, so I kind of missed most of the drama. And and Gabrielle wasn't on the pitch when I woke up. So I kind of saw the good bit of the game from a City perspective. We were okay after that. Not great, but okay. Um, That's where I think we have most of our chances and stuff like that. But yeah, um, in terms of the game, I think think a lot of City fans, because I actually said the other day about Brentford, and I said, is anyone worried about Brentford? And a lot of City fans, like in my replies, were saying, a lot of them were saying, yeah. Some of them were saying, no, but I am worried about Arsenal. That was pretty, it was split between worried about Brentford and people saying, no, but I am really worried about Arsenal because of the form that they're in. And you are in great form. And I think if you play like that for the rest of the season, you will definitely get top four um, without question. So hopefully you keep it up because I, I don't mind Arsenal. Um, but yeah, it's just one of them things. I think City it, City are a bit weird this season because like for years, City have been very predictable. Like even when we've been winning, we've been predictable. We've been that sort of team where we'll go out, play the other team off the park and then we'll either win or we'll lose just regardless of what happens. And, you know, if we went into a game like against Arsenal and we played like that, we would definitely lose. Like, we wouldn't win them sort of games. So the fact that we can go 1-0 down and come back and win it, I hadn't seen that from City until, well, not often, until this this team. Because against Liverpool as well, I thought at Anfield, I think we went 1, I think it went 1-1, and then I think 2-1 to them. And I thought when they scored the second, I thought, that's it, we've lost. And we actually came back in that as well. So I've seen a little bit more fight from City this season than I've seen because a lot of the time in that sort of game, like the Arsenal one, they would have had their heads down a little bit. Yeah, okay, they had 10 men, but City against 10 men don't usually do too well, to be honest. It kind of goes the other way. We play worse when when the opposition go down to 10. It's really strange, but it's just how it works for some weird reason. Um... (laughs) But yeah, so I think from a city perspective, did we deserve to win? Um, that's that's the question. I, I'd say Arsenal were definitely the better team. I think Arsenal gave us the result. I agree with you. I think a lot of people are focusing on the referee. Um, Ian Wright, 
I think, and everyone on Match of the Day, they were kind of saying the reason why it wasn't given is the first one. I hate this clear and obvious thing because I think a lot of them are quite clear and they just ignore them anyway. But, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. all, the, yeah. all the clear and obvious crap that they come out with. I think from the slow view preview, um, you, it, it's like Odegaard stands on Edison's foot. That might have been what they saw, right? That might have been what they saw. It is one of them where it is kind of like 50-50. So I've seen them given and I've seen them not given. So it, yeah. it's one of them where it's, even though as the fan that it happens to, it's always Stonewall and the opposition fans are always like, well, it's 50-50. That's what happens. Like, it's just yeah. general. Yeah. Me personally, the refereeing in this country is a disgrace. I don't like VAR, not because I don't like the technology. I just know that the people running it are these people. So it doesn't make sense. People are saying, oh, but VAR is not a problem. Well, yeah, VAR is not a problem, but they're not going to change the people in control. So we're stuck with this version of VAR, which I don't like. Apparently, I don't know, I haven't seen the first half, but apparently there was a shout for a penalty on Gabby. I don't know what it looked like. I didn't see it. Um, I, don't, I don't know. City fans tell me that there was a... He got dragged down or something. I don't know. I'm oh, not, um, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying it is a pen. Had him, yeah, had him round his. Yeah, round his I, do, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a pen because I haven't seen it. But there's things like that, and it's just like in they're inconsistent. These refs. Yeah. One minute they're booking you for something, and the other team do it, and they don't get booked. And you know, there's a penalty shout, and they ignore it, and then there's another penalty, and they give it, and it's just this is the Premier League refereeing. I don't think it's anything personal to Arsenal. I know Arsenal have had some harsher decisions than other teams um especially i think it was the palace game where you got kicked down and just nothing and palace, yeah. everton City. yeah there's been some crazy games so i'm i'm not gonna i'm definitely not defending the ref <laughs> i don't rate any refs in this league i think yeah, they're all shit. they were all trying to make a name for themselves you should come out of a game saying who ref that game oh oh yeah it was him it shouldn't be a case of i know that that was at well i shouldn't know who it was i shouldn't yeah. so yeah, I'm not defending the rest. I think City um, weren't at our best. I think they're absolutely fucking knackered. I'm not making excuses for them, but I think they're knackered. This month is great. We've got four games. It's the first time in January in about six years that we've not had this amount of games. It might even be more than that because I think the season that we didn't win the Carabao Cup over five years ago, I think, I think we got knocked out in the semis. So I think we still played these games in January. So it's been a while since we've had this small amount of fixtures. So hopefully they get some rest and they get the form back. Because we weren't the best against Brentford either, but we got the win. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of Arsenal now, Arsenal, when that decision was made to ignore that penalty, basically, when that was made, Arsenal were 1-0 up. So... Is kind of like, even though you can, in hindsight, you would look at that and think if it was given, it'd be 2-0, blah, blah, blah. But in at that point of time, you were still outplaying us and you were still the better team and you were yeah. still 1-0 up. So I think in terms of that, what probably lost you the game or what actually lost you the game is probably the penalty, um, you know, putting his foot in and then pulling him. If he doesn't drag the shirt, he doesn't give it. If he doesn't put his foot out, he doesn't give it. So it's the combination of two that got that penalty, which is which is stupid. But even then, what I would argue is that 1-1, one, one, you're still in the game. You were still the better team. You were still playing better. So it probably the sending off, I know he's young, yeah. relatively young, you know, and I think it's just one of them things. I think that didn't help your situation, you know. I think them sort of, situa them sort of decisions... Yes, the first booking was very questionable. However, when you get booked, you know you're on a yellow. So a lot of people were saying Rodri should have been booked. The thing is, if Rodri was booked in the sort of 40th minute, he wouldn't take his shirt off when he scored. Like, there's things that you do once you know you're on a booking. I've seen it before. I've seen Ruben Diaz be on a booking, and he's just basically let the let the attacker run around him, and people say, oh, he's shit. He didn't, he didn't try and tackle... No, he's making that decision because he knows yeah. that if he goes in for that tackle and he doesn't get the ball, he's off. So I think as a I think he's young, he's new to the league. So 
you know, he, he will learn from that. But I think decisions like that, because we were there for the taking. You're probably not going to play City where we play like that again. Martinelli should score that goal, regardless of whether it is. He gets round him and he's got an opportunity to shoot. And I think it's a little bit... It's. I think Arsenal kind of threw it more than the ref because the ref's decision can be argued either way. Um, not the not the cards. He's card happy, but like the decisions can be ruled, you know, either way in terms of that. But I think Arsenal had a real opportunity and should have won that game with the chances you had. You should have won that game. So because we had two shots on target, I think, and we scored two goals. So yeah. I think I don't know if a penalty is. Included, was, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Included, yeah. So we that was the only shots we had. So, yeah. In terms of in terms of Arsenal, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be happy with how you played because you re were really good. But I think at the same time, some players in your squad kind of threw the game for you. So I think it's just it's just one of them. It's it, probably if you play like that again, you'll beat nine out of ten teams. That's all I'm saying. There's a, there's, a, there's a certain Swiss man that we need to um, evict from, from the squad. But <laughs> it is what it is. Kojo, what was your thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, no, I agree. Arsenal dominated the game. I think um, when they equalised with the penalty, um, I think it was immediately after where uh, they almost scored it on goal. And then um, Martinelli, I think he's decided the post or something like that when he missed that chance. He I think he tried to be very emphatic with the finish. And I think he just needs to compose himself a little bit more and... Just try and guide it into the into the back of the net, but um, no, it's it's promising for Arsenal. Um, a lot of people are mocking Arsenal for the fact that they were satisfied, and I don't think, uh, but they had the wrong idea. Was an Arsenal fans weren't satisfied that they lost. You can never be happy with a loss. They're satisfied with the level of performance that they saw against a side that has bullied them in recent years, quite frankly, and it means that you know what the difference is in the past. Arsenal have gone to a run of form many times. And looks good, and then when they faced a better, uh, a better or bigger team in terms of stature, they've sort of come back into their shell and they've just been dealt with quite comfortably. In this game, they came in in good form, and you can argue that they'll continue in good form because they played a good game. They just came away unfortunately defeated. I think for City, what Yannick was saying earlier about um, the um, winning the game but not playing well, I th that's a quality that's still that's so big. In winning titles, because that's what we used to do. May United and Sachs Ferguson was not the best all the time. We had some stinkers of performances, and we come away with a one-nil win, whether it was luck or wherever it was refereeing decisions. We we came away with a W, and for City, it's the same thing. You're gonna you're gonna need to get your luck somewhere. If you have a poor game, but you somehow come away with three points, as far as you're concerned, you've won the game. So you run away from that, you go forward. You're not gonna play poor every game. Knowing City the next league game, they're probably going to smack their next opponent. So, you know, I think both sides can come out with heads um, heads held high. Um, and I'm refereeing quickly. Um, whew, uh, so Arsenal fans were particularly upset with Stuart Atwell because I think for a lot of games and it, suddenly his history is being brought up about the fact that he was suspended for like four years for the Premier League or something like that. And uh, apparently so, yeah. Um, and he was the referee for the ghost goal back in 2010. Yeah, um, yeah. So all, all the history, the football heritage, like like a guy that made um silly tweets and then getting pulled up. That was his his refereeing history getting pulled up in one go after that performance. But mm. I understand the frustration. I think I don't think there's a agenda against Arsenal per se. But it's also very fair to say that Arsenal have had some horrific referee decisions against them in recent time, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so I understand the frustration, but they shouldn't be upset. And I genuinely think the top four races between the London clubs, between those two um, being North London, Arsenal, Tottenham and West Ham. Um, so if Arsenal maintain their form, absolutely. But Spurs are also in great form as well. They're winning games quietly. They're keeping clean sheets, so they're getting results. West Ham will continue to drop points here and there, but then they'll come and get great results out of nowhere as well. So it's interesting. It keeps it exciting. But yeah, it was a great game. And... Um, I think what's important now is for Arteta to try and see if Arsenal can maintain the momentum. The one thing you don't want to do yeah. is now go back because there's another stage. Arsenal used to have like a good run up to like February and then just falter. You don't want to bring that back also. You want to get into February and still be there come April, come May. You want to look at that and be like, yeah, we're still about. So, 
Yeah, positive signs, man. Positive signs. And shout out party for one hell of a performance as well. Exactly. Just just on that though, uh, in recent years under, especially under the te- well, under a te- yeah. it's the it's the form table. That's that that what comes into question every year because usually we're we're so poor at the very start of the season, mm. and then by January that's when we start picking up points. That's when we start going on 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 run amazing runs. Um, and we, I think last season and the season before that, I think the only team that was better than us in terms of the form table was Manchester City. So that's why I'm that's why I'm excited about what the possibilities of, of this season because we finally put ourselves in a position where we can go on to challenge for the top for the top four and get European football and get Champions League football once again. So th- this year is going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to to the, to the running. Not said that for a while, but it is what it's it is. It's been a while. Like, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. But thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. However, you decide to eat or digest our content. That we we appreciate you very, very much. But of course, Yannicka, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me at HM City on Twitter. Um, I don't really do YouTube anymore. Um, <laughs> don't really have. I don't really do too many shows. But yeah, just there. Uh, find me on Twitter, and you'll see where I am. We appreciate you joining us, nevertheless, Kojo. Where can they find us? Um, one more time, happy new year to everybody that's listening. Um, Freeman for podcast on YouTube, of course, Freeman Field on uh, Twitter, uh, Spotify, and all the other audio places, Instagram, TikTok, and also Twitch. Um, on Twitch, we're doing well, we stream now on Twitch as well for the podcast, and I will try and get some football manager streams getting going as well. So, um, um, I feel like showing my main United one because for some reason, I'm in my second year and I've got Ronaldo Dybala. Mbappe, Rashford, and Messi's now coming as well. So uh, life is good. Yeah, in yeah. my in my dream world, I will travel. Life is good. There we go. There in we reality, go. different, different story. Different story. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching another episode of the Match Report. Good night. <laughs>